Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Kelsey Tamburino. For months, President Joe Biden's social cost of carbon, a metric the federal government uses when issuing new regulations, approving infrastructure projects, and taking other actions to estimate the damages from greenhouse gas emissions, has faced legal battles in the courts from Republican states. But on Wednesday, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals legally freed up the federal government to use that metric for now. That's a win for President Joe Biden as he aims to cut emissions in half by the end of the decade compared with 2005 levels. Today, Politico's Alex Gann on the impact of this ruling for the Biden administration and what's next. It's Friday, March 18th. So, Alex, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals lifted an injunction blocking the federal government's use of Joe Biden's social cost of carbon. What does that mean now for the president and federal agencies? So what it means right now is EPA, Interior, Transportation, Energy, all the other federal agencies can once again return to using that social cost of carbon metric in their rulemakings, in permitting decisions for big projects, And for a whole bunch of other stuff like planning offshore oil and gas leases, potentially, and doing things like doling out transit funding. The social cost of carbon was used in a pretty wide variety of activities, and the injunction against it, the Biden administration said, caused some pretty significant chaos in the executive branch. And so this sort of returns things to that status quo and lets the administration move forward with using it in rulemakings and such, again, for now. And remind us... How much is Biden's social cost of carbon? When President Biden first arrived at the White House, he signed an order and had an interagency working group put out an interim estimate. They did that early last year, and it was $51 for a ton of carbon at the 3% discount rate, which is literally just the Obama figure adjusted for inflation. That does increase as you look over a greater time period, so it'll get more and more expensive as we go. But he also did direct that interagency working group to do a really more thorough review of the climate science and economic modeling and forecasting and basically, you know, overhaul the whole metric um, from the ground up and do that. And climate activists are really hoping that the final figure they come up with will be significantly higher, in large part because in the last six, seven years, we've gotten a lot better at both at predicting the future effects of climate change and being able to economically model them. And those are really, you know, the two big factors that go into how the SEC is determined. And on the other side, with the Republican states that actually filed the lawsuit, what did the appellate judges make of their claims and how are they reacting? So the three judges who issued the stay of the injunction basically said they don't see that Louisiana and the other states have any standing to bring this lawsuit, which, of course, standing is a constitutional requirement to bring any lawsuit. The reason they said the states don't have standing right now is because the social cost of carbon estimate itself doesn't impose any requirements or potential regulatory burdens on the states. And that's what they had been arguing was that they were harmed by the social cost of carbon. And the judges said, we don't see it. The way the order was written makes it pretty clear they don't see any credible claim here from the states. That is in keeping with a similar lawsuit against the social cost of carbon that was brought by Missouri. That matter is on appeal to the Eighth Circuit right now. So 
this Fifth Circuit stay does sort of go back in a line with that on this standing issue. And what did the Fifth Circuit judges make of the Louisiana District Court's injunction itself? Yeah, they had a few choice words for that as well. They noted that it swept really broadly. He basically ordered them to go back and use the prior administration's analytical tools. Basically, they said that doing that was outside the ability of the federal courts to even order. Um, so there was some strong indication here for that judge to cool it, basically. We'll have to see how this all plays out. There's obviously more to come here before it will go back to that lower court judge. But if and when it does, you know, he has at least this this initial order here that called into question the appropriateness of his injunction. So this was just a stay, but what's next here? Are we expecting the states to appeal? Yes. So Jeff Landry, the attorney general of Louisiana, he's going to try and get the Fifth Circuit to overturn this panel thing and reinstate the lower court injunction. So what's interesting about this is this is all happening at the Fifth Circuit. It's widely considered to be one of the most conservative appellate courts. And that's in part because 12 of the 17 judges on that court were appointed by Republican presidents. I always issue a standard caution here, which is that Judges don't always rule or break down strictly along those sort of partisan lines based on who appointed them, but we'll see. So that on-bank appeal will happen. Not really clear how long that'll take. And then I think it's certainly possible, you know, that'll get appealed again to the Supreme Court. This could all take potentially months to play out. So, you know, in the meantime, the panel has returned the federal government to its status quo and allowed agencies to start using the social cost of carbon again. Um, and for work to continue on that more comprehensive overhaul that I mentioned. So we could see that coming out soon, and that would sort of change the game a bit again. Also, President Joe Biden's nominee to head the Department of Energy's Nuclear Energy Office says that the U.S. should establish its own domestic uranium supply chain and cut off uranium imports from Russia as soon as possible. That's what Catherine Huff said at her confirmation hearing on Thursday, agreeing with calls from both sides of the aisle. She called for, quote, aggressive and forward-looking appropriations to allow the U.S. to end its reliance on Russian supplies. For context, the U.S. imports the vast majority of its uranium, according to the U.S. Energy Information Administration, and 16% of those imports come from Russia. Another 30% of imports come from Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan, which are both Russian-allied countries. In total, owners of U.S. nuclear reactors purchased nearly 49 million pounds of uranium in 2020 from the U.S. and abroad, according to EIA. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Carlos Prieto and Raghu Manavalan edited this week's podcast. Norma Malaykul is the podcast producer. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. I'm Kelsey Tamburino, and we'll see you back Monday. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that, one day, can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com forward slash RNG.